Well, if you will, open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 26, and we will continue our series entitled The Rest of the Story. We have two chapters left after this, and we will have completed our study of the book of Acts. And we said that in our study of the book of Acts, this is a series designed to investigate the truths of what happened after Jesus left the earth. After he died, rose again, spent 40 days with his disciples, and then ascended to the Father. And we said that the disciples then set about carrying out the Great Commission and establishing the church that Jesus said they should. And we said that in almost 2,000 years of the history of the church, a lot has transpired, and it seems like when we study the book of Acts, what we see in the church today doesn't resemble what we see in the book of Acts. And this is a, a cause for serious inquiry or investigation. So this series then attempts to recover the teachings of Jesus and the apostles upon which the New Testament church was founded. Those teachings in the book of Acts and other places in the Bible make it clear that Jesus intended his church to be a spirit-filled church. What happened then? Why has there been such a dramatic change? I mean, we, we praise God for men like Martin Luther who recovered a lot of the truth. The church went through a, such a dark period in its history where there was just no life in the church. We thank God for people like Martin Luther. We thank God for the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the turn of the century that uh, gave impetus to or started the, the ball rolling and got this Pentecostal movement going, of which we are a part of and a product of what happened at places like Azusa Street and Hot Springs, Arkansas and other places. We praise God for that. But what has happened in much of Christendom that the church seems to have replaced the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit with something else? And my question is, what did they replace him with? Do we still need the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our churches today? And I said, I'm going to let you answer that question for yourself. This morning, I want to move into this study in Acts chapter 26. And I've given this chapter and this sermon, this message today, the title, Zeal is Not Enough. Now, for the last couple of chapters, we have witnessed Paul's arrest and his trial, his court hearings before Festus and Felix. And now, in this chapter today, King Agrippa comes down to visit and he says, I want to hear this guy you got in jail. And so, in this chapter today, Paul appears on trial in court before King Agrippa. And let me preface my remarks and explain what I mean by zeal is not enough. Righteous deeds performed with zeal must not be confused with obeying God. Stay with me and watch this. Sincerity is commendable, but we can be sincerely wrong. And that is why we must always submit our gifts, leadings, words, and illuminations of the Spirit to the recognized leadership and the other prophets for evaluation before setting out on a mission. The Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary defines zeal as eagerness and ardent interest in pursuit of something. Similar words like passion, might say he's very passionate about that or has a lot of passion. He's got a lot of zeal. Zeal is not enough. Paul has submitted his vision to the church leadership in Jerusalem and received their approval. Now, 
he submits his vision he received from the Lord to a worldly king for his judgment. Paul was confident, you see, that King Agrippa was knowledgeable concerning his relationship with the church in Jerusalem. He was sure that this was not the first time that King Agrippa had heard of the Apostle Paul. And so what we need to realize is when we do not observe the correct order of submitting our leadings of the Spirit to our leaders, it is because either we do not trust our leaders or we are unsure of ourselves. Paul insisted that he was no renegade religious outlaw, but an apostle in good standing with his superiors. Zeal is not enough. When we circumvent this process, we may do harm to young believers who are not yet mature enough to fully and accurately judge spiritual matters. I like what Paul said in Romans chapter 10. He hasn't gotten to Rome, but when he does, he'll have news for the Roman believers. Believers there. He said this, though, in Romans chapter 10 and verses 1 through 4. He said, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. And continuing that passage in Romans, he said, Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God, and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. 